This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, everybody, it's your good pal, Adam the Bull. This is The Bullpen with Adam the Bull. It is Monday, and oh boy, do we have a ton to get to as the Browns demolish the Tennessee Titans by a final score of 27-3. to Everybody's excited, and listen, you know, I could sit here and say, well, it's only three games, don't get too excited, but what fun would that be? Get excited, have fun. It was a great win by the Browns, big game coming up with the Ravens this weekend, then a bye, then the 49ers, so there's a lot of opportunities to prove just how good the Browns are. But on this day, yesterday, the Cleveland Browns played one of the best games I've seen them play in recent history, especially because they're playing a decent team. I don't think the Titans are that good, but they're a decent team. And they dominated, dominated on both sides of the ball. This is the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. On today's podcast later, I'll talk about the Raiders' stupid decision late in the game and their ultimate loss to the Steelers. And right now, we'll get to that later, but right now, a deep dive, complete focus on the Browns' big victory over the Titans, 27-3. As we uh, head to week four, the Browns, the Steelers, the Ravens, all 2-1. and one. We'll see what the Bengals do tonight when they play the Rams. We don't even know if Joe Burrow is going to play in this game as of this morning, so we'll see. We do know that Deshaun Watson played last night or yesterday afternoon, of course, for the Cleveland Browns, and at this point, uh, Deshaun Watson coming into this game had played eight games for the Browns and had played eight poor games. Well, we were hoping he'd play solidly, Well, he played a lot better than that. Deshaun Watson, if you look at some of the advanced analytics on this game, played a near-perfect game. And in my mind, I could only think of one play the entire game that I would say was a negative play from Deshaun Watson. That, of course, was when he was being sacked and he threw that backwards pass, which fortunately didn't turn into a, uh, a pick six. What's amazing is that the Browns have lost a turnover battle in all three games and yet they're 2-1 and one and could have very easily been 3-0 and oh had they not had that one last turnover with Watson. And by the way, they still would have lost the turnover battle if he hadn't fumbled and the Steelers had scored that touchdown. It is what it is, though. As for Watson's performance yesterday, magnificent. As I said, nearly perfect. He was 27 of 33, second-best completion percentage of his career, 289 yards, two touchdowns. He was much more well-protected than he's been in the first couple of games. He was still sacked three times, but at least two of those were on him. Uh, Browns, Amari Cooper leading the way, and he is far and away the alpha of this passing game. There was a lot of talk this offseason about Elijah Moore. 
Now, Elijah Moore did have nine catches in this game to lead the team, uh, but but only 49 yards on those nine carries. Uh, he hasn't been the big play threat we hoped uh, to this point, so there's still more growth from this offense if Elijah Moore can join the rest of the team. But Amari Cooper, seven catches, 116 yards, one touchdown. It could have been even bigger if it were not for the inexplicable, awful call by an official. Now, I do not think Amari Cooper would have had a touchdown. We all know the play. Cooper caught the ball on the sideline. He broke a tackle there, raced down the sideline, and he did score. You know, he got to the end zone. Now, there was another defender there that probably would have been able to get him out of bounds. It probably wouldn't have been a touchdown, but it should have been at least, I don't remember now exactly how many yards, but it could have been another 15, 20 yards at least. That drive ended in a field goal. Um, it, it, again, in the first, it was in the first half, and it could have easily ended up with a touchdown. We'll never know. Fortunately, it did not matter. It did not matter. However, it would have increased Amari Cooper's statistics even more. And uh, maybe Deshaun Watson would have gotten his first 300 game, which he felt just short, but uh, no, no big thing, 289. But that call by that official was one of the all-time bad calls I've ever seen in a football game. The official was standing right there looking at Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper didn't come close to the sideline. He was, I would say, at, at least... 10, 8, 10 inches. I'm being nice to the ref to say only 8, 10 inches from the sideline. I thought it was like a foot, foot and a half. But I'll say at, at minimum, at max, he was 8 inches away from the sideline. It wasn't close. It wasn't like it was an inch away or 2 inches away. He just missed the white. No, it wasn't even close. Now, some of my colleagues today are going to lose their mind saying these things only happen to the Browns, which, of course, is absurd. It's not. It's We all think our team gets picked on by the refs. Uh, nobody's cheating it, that, but it was a just, it was just an absolutely atrocious call. Again, fortunately it didn't matter, uh, outside of some statistics, but, uh, the Browns went into the half with a 13, three lead. The only points the Titans scored were off a, the only Browns turnover in this game, uh, and which was a fumble by Elijah Moore. Uh, the Browns ended up, uh, you know, giving up the going. They held the Titans to a three and out after that fumble, even. But the fumble was deep in the Brown zone. And so it led to the uh, Titans scoring the three points. That was it. The Titans didn't move the ball at all. The Titans did not move the ball at all. Officially uh, under 100 yards of total offense, 94 yards of total offense for the Titans in this one. Uh, Tannehill, that, because that includes sack yardage, right? Um, total offense. Ryan Tannehill was 13 of 25, 104 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Sacked five times, three and a half by Miles Garrett. We'll get to that in a bit. Derrick Henry, 11 carries for 20 yards. Tyje Spears, four for six. The Browns defense was outstanding. Uh, I want to get more into that in a minute. I just, I, I feel like I need to talk more about Deshaun Watson. There was a lot of pressure on Deshaun Watson coming into this game. If, if he did not come through, now we talked about this a lot last week. Last week when he did not play well against Pittsburgh, it was the first time 
that myself and some others started to lose a little faith that Deshaun Watson was going to turn this around. I never lost that faith last year as bad as he played. I didn't lose it at all against the Bengals because of the weather. I started to lose it a little bit, lose a little of that faith. Now, he's got to play well in more than just one game before we say he's back. But at least for one day in a game with perfect weather conditions against the bad pass defense, he got it done. A day when the Browns were one-dimensional, they could not run the ball. They, If you take out his runs, the rest of the team rushed it 27 times for 62 yards. That's barely over two yards per carry. So they were ineffective. Jerome Ford, 10 carries for 18 yards. Pierre Strong got some yards, you know, in garbage time. But when they, you know, when the game was still in doubt, I guess, uh, Jerome Ford couldn't get anything going. Now, the Titans do have a very good run defense, and it showed. But on a day when the Browns needed to throw to win, they did. Now, ultimately, by the second half, certainly going into the fourth quarter, the game felt over. The Titans had no ability to move the ball. They had no ability to get first downs. And, you know, at some point, you, by, by the, for me, at halftime, I thought the game was over. But certainly at the end of the third quarter, once the once the Browns scored that touchdown to go up 20-3, to three, you knew that the Titans were not scoring three times unless the Browns, you know, turned it over in their own end of the field a bunch of times. And that didn't happen in the second half, and so the Browns took care of business. But this, this game, you hope, is a major confidence boost for Deshaun Watson, for the chemistry between him and his teammates, uh, for the confidence in the coach in Deshaun Watson. You got to love when when Watson and, and Stefanski did a big chest bump there after he throws the last touchdown to Amari Cooper to seal the deal of 27-3. Everybody's happy. Everybody's feeling good. <clears throat> and now the Browns, who uh, last week were, were an early one-and-a-half-point underdog at home to the Ravens as of this morning. I'll look at the Bet Rivers uh, spread. The Browns are now a two-point favorite as of this morning against the Ravens. Speaking of Bet Rivers, get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Win up to ten thousand dollars in bonus money. Ten thousand bucks. Bet ten dollars in same game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Um, the Browns' defense has been. Uh, there's not enough amazing superlatives to tell you how good the Browns' defense has been. They've been ridiculous, outstanding, amazing, incredible, fantastic, dominating, nasty. And it's led by Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett had one of his all-time games. I gave you the statistic yesterday. I'll remind you again. Miles Garrett had three and a half sacks in this game. No player on the Browns besides Miles Garrett in 2022. Had, three, had more than three sacks for the entire season. The entire season. And Miles Garrett had three and a half sacks yesterday. He had five other tackles, three for a loss, five quarterback hits. He was an absolute monster in this game. He made his presence felt the entire game. He was just sensational. Um... Another thing that was good to see, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. This guy's a football player. He was lost in the soup last year. 
uh, our own Dequell Jackson, best Browns linebacker since the team's returned in 99, didn't think the guy could play in the NFL. Didn't think the guy could play. And Jim Schwartz, maybe with a little help from Dequell in the offseason, has made this guy a player. He's playing with intensity, energy. All of a sudden, he seems to have a nose for the ball. He made some big tackles, led the team with six tackles yesterday. Titans didn't run that many plays, so the Browns didn't have an opportunity to make many tackles. Uh, They only had 43 tackles total as a team because the Titans just didn't have the ball that much. But JOK led the team with six, four solo, one for a loss. He played very well. Denzel Ward, excellent game. He was great. Martin Emerson played a great game. Didn't love the penalty on him. Grant Delpit, as we all know, has been fantastic the whole time. But Miles Garrett, uh, Zadarius Smith said it after the game. This is unbelievable. Watching it in person, it's unbelievable. Three and a half sacks for Garrett, one for the youngster Alex Wright, and a half a sack for Ogbo Okonkro. Five total, nine tackles for a loss, four passes defended, eight quarterback hits. The only thing the Browns defense has, the only criticism you can have of the Browns defense, I guess, through three games, is they haven't forced a lot, uh, many turnovers. That's going to come. There's a lot of luck involved with that. You know, the Titans did fumble twice, but the Browns didn't recover it. But, I mean, that's, that's nitpicky, and I don't think it's that big a deal, honestly, right now. It was a magnificent effort all around. Give credit to um, Dustin Hopkins, the perfect two-for-two two field goals, including a 52-yarder. He's only missed one field goal so far in the season. Now, remember, Cade York got off to a great start last year when the weather was good, too. He was eight for his first eight. Hopkins has looked fantastic so far. He's made all his 50-plus-yard field goals. He's only missed one field goal. I think it was 40-something yards last week. He is um, seven for eight on the season. And for 50-plus, he's two for two. Good start. Until you can do it in bad weather, I'm not fully all in, but but I'll give him credit. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is still a problem on special teams. He contributed nicely on the offense, but he's still a problem on special teams. DPJ is, is not a good punt returner. He's left the offense in a bad spot a number of times the last two weeks. I think the Browns really need to try to find another option at punt returner. Um, but this, I mean, really, what else can you say? I mean, that's, that's the, the Browns played an, an A-plus game. Um, I, the only, I, I, I give Watson, if I was grading him a 1 to 100, I'd give him a 99. 98, maybe. I mean, again, the, the one s- silly flip back pass to Elijah Moore was a real bad decision. Outside of that, I mean, it was just nothing. He was great. Running game stalled out. It'll be something to keep an eye on these next few weeks. Again, you got Baltimore next week. Browns are a two-point favorite right now, as I mentioned. So a magnificent win. They go to 2-1. and one. Uh, It was good to see Kareem Hunt back on the field. Five carries, 13 yards, two for 22 in the passing game. So seven touches total for Kareem Hunt. Uh, he was targeted a third time in the passing game. And so he he played a role in this game. And the Browns do need to get the running game going uh, without Nick Chubb. But this team played for him. They had his number on there. A lot of guys were wearing it on. Kareem Hunt had it on a T-shirt. A lot of guys wearing it on their arm. Miles Garrett showing that off. Great interview with Miles Garrett at Didi Kinkabala after the game, which was a lot of fun. 
asking her. She was she knows him well. She knows his team well. And and he had a lot of fun with her asking him about uh, anime characters, which I know nothing about. But it's good to bring out the personality and the pe- person you're interviewing. So kudos to Aditi on that. I thought that was fun, even though I didn't get it. Uh, but uh, that, that was really cool. Uh, one other thing I wanted to hit on, and that's the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. They also improved to 2-1 and one with a victory over the Raiders last night. Sunday night football Steelers uh, were down seven, nothing early, but then they scored 23 unanswered points. So it's 23 to seven going to the fourth quarter. The, the Raiders get 11 back. So it's 23, eight, uh, I'm sorry. They get eight to make it 23, 15, right? So they kick, they get the touchdown. They get the two point conversion. Then the Raiders get the ball again in, in late in the fourth quarter with three minutes left. Three minutes and change left. They kick a field goal to make it 23-18. But there's a penalty. So they got to decide, do we, do we with three minutes left, do we uh, kick a field goal or take the field goal we already made, make it 23-18, and we have three and change left to stop the Steelers, get the ball back, and score a touchdown to win? Or do you decline the penalty, go for the touchdown, and the two-point conversion to tie, and then you either try to stop them and, and win at regulation, or hopefully the game goes into overtime. So Josh McDaniel's decision was to wave off the field goal, get the first down, and try to score a touchdown. Right call. I think most coaches, if not every coach, would have done the same thing in that situation. So I got no problem with that decision by Josh McDaniels. I thought it was the right call. What I don't understand is after that happens, right? So the Raiders continue that drive. Let's I'm going to bring up that drive so we have the so I don't screw up the plays. So they get a first down at the Steeler 14-yard line. Okay. They get 6 yards on on first down, so they're looking at a second and 4. Remember, there's plenty of time left. Second and 4, you got Josh Jacobs. First of all, on second down in that situation, I would have probably run the ball, but okay, they didn't run the ball. They threw it. Incomplete pass. On third down, another incomplete pass. So now it's fourth and four at the Steeler eight-yard line. So now we're talking there's 220 to go in the game. So so you've you've cost yourselves 50 seconds of clock, which at this time of the game obviously is a big deal. The Steelers decide, excuse me, the Raiders decide, Josh McDaniels decides, well, we're going to kick a field goal, try to stop them, and now if we score a touchdown after that, we don't need to get a two-point conversion. We get the touchdown, we win the game. Okay, in some circles, I could understand why you do that. Now, ultimately, to me, that's a bad decision. If you have the ball with a chance to tie the game with less than three minutes to go, I'm not giving that up. Now, if it was fourth and 20, maybe. You know, you got Jimmy Garoppolo, fourth and 20, fourth and 15. All right, the odds of getting the first down or the touchdown are not very good. In that case, I would probably, but it's fourth and four. Now, I know they had two incompletions in a row, but if you can't complete, a th- if, th- if you have three chances with four yards to go and can't get it, are you really going to win the game anyway with Jimmy Garoppolo late? Plus, your defense is not is not very good. And now the Steelers' offense is not very good, but they played well last night. 
I'll give Kenny Pickett his credit. I've been hard on the guy. He played pretty well last night. He, he had his best game, and they ran the ball, you know, solidly. I still think that Jalen Warren should have more carries, but whatever. Not my problem. So he decides to go for a field goal. They get it. They cut the lead to five. The Steelers get a first down. The Raiders did get the ball back with like, I don't know, 15 seconds left, 12, whatever the hell it was. And Garoppolo throws a pick on the first play. Uh, so that was bad enough. But I think there's a lot of people that would probably. Now, you can't judge it necessarily based on the result. Because had they stopped them three and out, they would have had the ball plenty of time. And, and, and then you don't need the two-point conversion. Okay. Now, I would have 100% gone for it on fourth and four. But here's what I don't understand. After the game, Josh McDaniels' explanation for why he didn't go for it there was that, well, we need another possession anyway. Well, first of all, if you had gotten the touchdown, the two-point conversion, you yes, you would have needed another possession to win, but it didn't have to be in regulation. It could have been in overtime. So that's irrelevant. But but number two, if you're thinking of an eight-point lead as needing two possessions, then why didn't you just take the field? Again, I thought he did the right thing, but if he but I but to me, I'm thinking of it, hey, I got one possession to tie. Touchdown, two-point conversion, let's go. We'll hopefully go to overtime. But if he's thinking in his head, well, we need two possessions anyway, then why wouldn't you have just declined the penalty, accepted that that you made the field goal, and now you could now even if the Steelers get two first downs, you still might get the ball. Certainly, you would have had plenty of time, even if they'd gotten that one first down. It would have given your defense another opportunity. So his excuse made no sense. That The, the excuse of we needed two possessions doesn't fit with his decision earlier when he already had a field goal. It wasn't even like take the points, and we don't know if you're going to make it. It had already been made. The field goal had been made. He knew for a certain he had those points. So Josh McDaniels once again proving he is in over his head. The Belichick uh, uh, coaching tree is poisoned. None of those guys are any good. None of them know what the hell they're doing as a head coach. They all have his cockiness and arrogance without any reason to have it. Bottom line is the Steelers win, which sucks. All right. Thanks for listening as always. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. I'll be back with a Wednesday podcast. I'll be on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, of course, all week. And uh, make sure you keep an eye on the line between the Browns and Ravens at Bet Rivers. Again, the Browns are a two-point favorite next week uh, on Sunday. Can't wait for that game. Uh, still to come in the AFC North tonight, Rams-Bengals. Hard game to pick because you don't know if Joe Burrow is going to play. I actually think the Bengals are going to win tonight, even if Jake Browning plays which seems crazy, they, uh, which I think means they get, well, if they do win, then they'll get the one and two. Bengals and Titans next week. At the moment, the Titans are a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home, which says something maybe about what they think of Joe Burrow's uh, a status. So there you go. And uh, all right, we'll talk to you next time. Where else? But right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. See you, everybody. Brought to you by BetRiff. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.